Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,323. Do what you love, learn how to make money at it. It's, it's that simple. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from Warrensville, Ohio, Danny Baker. Hey, Danny, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am, yeah. All right. 4.5 point harness on, I'm hoping today, right? Yeah, we got full five point harness. Helmets on, strapped in, ready to rock. All right, here we go. Danny Baker is a diehard automotive enthusiast. He's a driver, a racer, and a partner at Marshall Goldman Motor Sales in Cleveland, Ohio, where for over 40 years, they've offered pre-owned collectibles and high-end automobiles. He is just as passionate about business as he is collecting and racing his Ferrari 488 Challenge car. He competes in numerous motorsports events around the world for the last four years, including the Ferrari Challenge Series. When not on the track, Danny guides the day-to-day operations of Marshall Goldman Motor Sales and their sales and marketing efforts. He spent nearly 20 years in dealership sales and marketing, building strong and long-lasting relationships with his customers, his friends, and his team there. So Danny, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your career and your passion for automobiles and racing? Well, Mark, you kind of hit all the uh, the hi- highlights there, but um, yeah, just basically what you said. I've been in the car business from a very, very young age. It's always what I've wanted to do, and it's been a good ride, you know. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah. Now we get to race the cars. Been doing that for the last five years, and go. You know, the business kind of takes me all over the world to car shows and concours and auctions, and meet some amazing people, develop some great relationships. Uh, so it's great. A lot of fun. You know, you're living the life of that old saying, race on Sunday, sell on Monday. So I'm a little jealous of you, Danny, and what you get to do. You get to be around cars all week with your job, and then you get to jump in the driver's seat and have some fun on the weekend. So uh, kudos to you for figuring out the secret sauce to a happy life. As we continue on your journey, though, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's instrumental in forming your life and the success that you've had. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking here on cars yeah since you like to drive fast so danny take the wheel yeah inspirational quote that's pretty cool big quote i live by my dad told me a long time ago he said there's money in everything do what you love and learn how to make money at it and i've obviously taken that advice uh to heart so i love cars kind of figured out my my path uh not exactly what i would have predicted you know 10 15 years ago but it's it's worked out really well and getting to do everything I could ever dream of in life regarding cars and in the car business. Well, you're very fortunate to have a father that gave you that guidance because that's what Cars Yeah is all about. I've talked to 1,322 people before you that have figured out that secret sauce to life. And so many people go through life doing what they don't like just so they can live for that Friday night and that weekend where they can do what you want to do. But again, you've figured it all out. So I think that's pretty darn cool. I want to go back in time a little bit and talk about a story that instigated that personal passion you have for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed going to be a car guy? 
not really, not like a big aha or a, or a, a big alarm going off in my head and realizing that you know, this is exactly what, what I wanted to do, but definitely a gradual progression of a picture becoming more clear that, that cars were, were my world, my life, and something I was very, very passionate about from a young age. I mean, I'm into all kinds of different motorsports. I, I, I was obsessed with boats and four-wheelers and dirt bikes and lawnmowers and tractors and <laughs> uh, dump trucks and semi-trucks. I was in all kinds of stuff growing up. But the more time went on, the more I became passionate about specifically exotic and collector cars. It kind of resulted in, in the position I'm in at Marshall Goldman. It's really good. Definitely a gradual progression. My family, my dad, you know, not really involved in cars, definitely not involved in the car business by any means. I'd say he would be a kind of a, a person that likes cars, but definitely not extremely passionate about them. It has an appreciation for them as much as anybody, but not, it's not his life. So that just kind of came on my own. You know, it wasn't like, wasn't really in the family. It was just something I really really took to my parents obviously nurtured that that passion and allowed me to do what I wanted to do and and fed it in a way if you will which I think is really important for parents you know to allow their kid to kind of take their own path and kind of figure it out you know I mentioned that my path is not a typical one gone a lot of different directions to end up you know where I am here still still learning every day and figuring it out every day, but, um, it's, it's been good. It's a gradual progression. Keep going, getting deeper and deeper into cars every day, every year. Uh, and, and I look forward to the future. I think some of us are just born with motor oil DNA as part of that chain. If you will, uh, I've talked sure. to a lot of people that aren't in families with cars. Uh, for me, my dad was into cars when I was very young and then he kind of got out of it, but I just locked into it and stayed with it. So I always appreciate the fact that uh, he bought that old 49 MGTC and let me ride around in that old car. And I know, I know that's what started it for me back when I was about five or six years old. But uh, yeah, it's just in our DNA, I think. What I want to do though now is talk about some of the roads you've driven down, maybe get our uh, some grease and oil under our fingernails and talk about a big challenge or even a big failure that you've faced along the way Somehow, this could be in your life, could be in racing, could be in your business. It doesn't really matter. What matters more is the story. And then how did that situation help you gain even more momentum as you learned from that and move forward in your career and your business and your life? Yeah, thanks, Mark. I think that is a very important point of any entrepreneur's life. I've made a lot of mistakes. Luckily, I've grown enough as a person to be able to look at those and realize that Mistakes are great. Mistakes are very, very positive things. And anyone who says otherwise is just not that that worldly or evolved. But what mistakes allow you to do is learn. You know, if everything's perfect and going great, you can't learn anything. You know, they say it about racing. If you're out in front and you're constantly out by yourself, not battling anybody, you're not going to pick up any skill. The racecraft is learned in the middle of the field, middle of the pack. So as far as racing and business and all of that, Absolutely. Made, made many, many mistakes. You know, I, I can talk about a, a lot of different specifics. Yeah, I want to push you a little bit and have you walk us through one as an example. Yeah, just give me one as an example that, that kind of pushed you up against a wall or maybe, maybe actually went into a wall. Um, and again, that kind of paints a little better light on this for someone who might be going through a similar situation. And then take that specific situation, tell us what that learning process is. And I love your comment 
If you're not making mistakes, you're not learning. It's absolutely right. You're not pushing your hearts yourself hard enough. You got to get out of your comfort zone. Definitely on the track, having raced myself, uh, yeah, if you don't push yourself, you're just going to be running in the back going, well, this is okay, but you're never going to learn anything. So kind of take us to one of those specific events. I'd say the biggest mistake that I made in business, and I'll give you mistakes in racing too, but I'll give you the biggest mistake I made in business is more of a theme of growing too fast and diversifying too fast before I really truly knew what I was doing. Okay, I'll give you some more specific examples of that. I worked with Lamborghini at the dealership level for four years. I worked with Mercedes at the dealership level prior to that. I've opened internet departments for dealerships. I have a degree from the College of Automotive Management on dealership management and finance. You know, I had a pretty, by the time I was 21, 22 years old, I was buying and selling three, four, five hundred thousand, sometimes a million dollar car, making a lot of money compared to my peers, living a great life and thinking that I, I kind of knew everything. Uh, and I knew a lot, but I by no means knew everything and, and certainly don't today. So I had a falling out over commission with a with a big dealer group that I was the general sales manager for. It was a very difficult time. If you recall, it was 2000. It was the, you know kind of in the recession. It was a very, wow. very difficult world. 08, 09, that period of yeah, time. You know yeah. how that it was. I mean, oh, gosh, yeah. extremely difficult to sell new Lamborghinis. I was working for a franchise Lamborghini Bentley Rolls dealer. And I had figured out some unique strategies with Lamborghini. And I personally was doing extremely well, but the rest of the staff wasn't. And, you know, the ownership group was putting a lot of pressure on me with pay plan adjustment and changes. And, you know, I'd hit a bogey and they'd change it. So I went out on my own, right? We had a falling out. They didn't want to pay me what, what I thought, it, you know, I was worth. And we had a falling out. We went, we went our own ways, which is fine. It was good. I, I, I never fault anybody for going out on their own and trying to do their own things. I just question, is it bettering yourself? You always want to make sure that, you know, if you're making a change in your career path, that you're actually bettering yourself, not just that you think you are, but, but yeah. truly, are you truly putting yourself in a better position? So I felt I was, and I went out and I started Exotic Motors Midwest. And right out of the gate, I bought and sold a lot of cars. You know, within two years, I went from having, you know, two or three cars in stock to 60 and then within Whoa. four or five years, I, I got up to 80, 90 cars in inventory. At, at one point, I had four salespeople and a finance manager and administrative staff. And then I got into the service business. Well, if you recall from my history, I didn't know anything about service. I had never worked in service. But I thought that it was a necessary part of the business that you know, I'd be able to figure out. So I started the service business, Exotic Motors Midwest, mainly to support my retail efforts. And I just simply didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, lost a lot of money in it, uh, kept customers happy. You know, we are, I always have had, a, in my belief, a good reputation, an honest reputation and, uh, and taking good care of customers. It was just the service business really didn't make that much money. And so I got into that and then I got into a limo, you know, for a short period of time, I got into a limo business and I tried to get into financing and leasing and all the while still selling cars, selling a lot of cars and producing a lot of revenue, but I really truly wasn't maximizing profit in my core competency, which was selling cars. And so hindsight is 2020. I look back on those experiences and say, what could I have done differently? Well, what I could have done differently probably would have been the right approach is stick to the core competency. My core competency is sales. I should have sticked to just selling cars and doing as good as I possibly could with that before diversifying into service, 
and uh and and you know i ended up not going anywhere with the the leasing business or the uh the limo business if i would have just stuck to that it would have been great fast forward here we are marshall goldman my my position is you know general sales manager kind of chief operating officer of the business and and that's what i do i manage the sales team and the marketing efforts and buy and sell inventory i i believe i'm in my perfect place and we're we're doing very very well uh back to focus on my core competency at the same time ironically my service business i was forced to learn the service business inside and out and we and i still own a service business in st louis we've rebranded it as exotic motors auto group and we work on high-end Ferraris, Porsches, Lamborghinis, and we're by far, by a long shot, the very best place in the state of Missouri, in the Midwest, to service your your late model or even vintage Ferrari. Uh, that's kind of our focus there. Same with Lamborghini. And I also have a trucking business, which if you look at it as support, the the service business and trucking business kind of support my sales operation. But to to summarize, the mistake was diversifying too quickly growing too quickly. And if I would have taken my time and focused on nothing but sales for at least 10 years, I'd be in a lot, I'm in a lot better position. But you know, I learned that lesson, never going to forget it. And uh, it's definitely made me a lot better business person as of today. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking us to what was a painful thing, but you know, it's an incredibly valuable lesson you just shared here. Talk about dropping uh, gold nuggets for those of us they were listening to pick these up. And I've talked to so many people that have done exactly the same thing. Uh, I have a good friend who I lost a few years ago that had a hugely successful business. He thought, oh, I'm so smart, I can do anything. And he launched sure. into two other businesses and just lost his shorts. And he it's went, amazing how that happened. Why, yeah. why did I do that? Why did I just stay with what I knew so well? And, uh, right. you know, yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's a really, really valuable lesson. So, or better yet, if you're in a position to afford it, hire somebody who knows what they're doing. Let them do the job, and then they can teach you what they know as well. So uh, thanks I for taking this I think that's a great there. point. Yeah, and there's many entrepreneurs that have diversified and become really successful with it. I'm not saying it can't be done. It absolutely can be done. And in theory, the plan that I you know put together made a lot of sense. It just I should have pushed the uh, the sales element of it a little farther before branching yeah. out. But uh, yeah, it's yeah, hard. Again, it's hard. You want to grow. Point. You're an aggressive guy. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Great story. Thank you for sharing that. Let's have a little bit of fun, though, here and talk about your first really special vehicle, the first car that you got that had great meaning for you. This could be a street car. Maybe it's the first time you jumped in a race car and maybe share a memory or two about that ride. Well, there's been a lot of cool cars. I can tell you, even though I said my dad wasn't really in the cars, he had one car that was kind of cool. He had a 94 Dodge Viper. It was the first one in the state of Missouri and all that. We spent a little time in it. And it wasn't something he was crazy obsessed with, but but he just, you know, we had fun on Saturdays in it. And I, that's where I kind of learned to drive a six-speed. I mentioned I grew up around equipment and tractors and all that and just could kind of figure out how to drive anything. But I spent a lot of time playing with that car and in high school and, and after high school. And, and then uh, he eventually sold and bought one back. So that was a cool car, 94 Dodge Viper, just a real raw car. But the first car that I bought that uh, was really memorable, I was working at Lamborghini Houston right out of college, had a couple of really big months, and I bought an 03 Turbo, black on black, manual transmission. So it'd be a 996 generation chassis. That would be 2006, so it was three years old. So still a pretty modern car. The 997s had not come out. It was kind of like the 
you know, it's a great car. And I had that for a year or so, and I, and I really loved it. And there's something about the 996 chassis that have a distinct smell. You know, they say the smell is the sense strongest tied to memory. And so every time I get into a 996, no matter what it is, I always just, that smell hits my nose and it instantly brings me back to that time. And I was, I was single and I had that car and I was having a lot of fun with it. And they're still to this day, great little cars for the money. 996s are coming, kind of coming back. It's kind of an unforgotten, uh, as a forgotten chassis, but great little car. You know, I've owned, I've gone on to own many, many, many special cars. You know, I owned the Carbon Enzo for about two and a half years. I flew it over from Europe. I, I showed that car at the Quail in 2016, had it all over California, played with it over here for about a year, shipped it back to Europe and played it with it there for about a year. That was a really, really cool car. I bought and sold many Enzos, bought and sold many Koenigseggs, a lot of 99 three product Porsches, 997s. We have a Carrera GT, phenomenal cars, one of the greatest cars in history. You know, I've had every modern Ferrari you can dream of. F12 TDF, I've got a piece of Pelodi that'll be here very soon. Got a Monza coming. Yeah, I can go on for days. Yeah, but- <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, having played on you guys' website, lots of cool cars. But uh, yeah, the 996, yeah, kind of, you know, unfortunately that was the era of Porsche where they were having some struggles and they were trying to combine the Boxster styling with the 911 styling, and I think that's why they've kind of been uh, put to the side. But a lot of people are realizing now that it's an excellent car as an entry-level Porsche to get into a more modern Porsche and a really, really nice car for the money because uh, the prices uh, are still in a comfortable position for people to jump into one of those cars and have some fun. So nice, nicely done. How about Seller's remorse. Now, of course, you're in the car business, so you sold lots of cars. I'm more concerned with a car that you owned, that you sold, that you really wish you'd kept. And let's keep the monetary part out of this because that's what your business is. Let's just talk about a car you let go that still kind of tugs onto your heart. There have been few. Yeah. Take the monetary element out of it. 08 CLK 63 Black Series. Ah, Um, That is one of my favorite cars in history. I've driven everything and and very fortunate, very blessed to be able to do that. But I almost end up having more fun in a car that doesn't cost a million or 2 million bucks because of the intimidation factor. I can handle the car, not worried about that. It's just the other people, a rock gets thrown up, chips a glass or cracks a fender or somebody's sideswipe or some issue, you know, somebody's next to you with their camera phone and taking pictures. And, you know, that's all cool. It's great. But Sometimes you just, you, for me, all the time, I don't want to be seen. I just want to go out and have fun in the car by myself. It's, I certainly don't think I have any ego about it. And so having like an 08 CLK 63 Black Series, I think that's such a beautiful shape. I believe it's by far the best V8 motor, to, naturally aspirated motor ever to be made. And I've had a bunch of them. I probably had 30 of them over the years. All oh my the gosh. Every wow. color you can imagine. They're all four colors. But I had one of the like, 3,000 miles a couple of years, two years ago, I told myself I'd never sell it. I had it like a year and a half or two years. And then I ended up selling it to fund uh, racing and Ferrari challenge, which is crazy, but yeah, <laughs> that was a cool one. And, and I'll have another one, you know, I'm in the business. Those cars really haven't moved around a lot in value. And sometimes at some point I'll have another one. And that's, that's another thing that I think it's important for car guys to realize, especially car guys, that are entrepreneurs, guys, there's always another car. There's always another car. There's always another deal. And if the car goes up to 120,000 from 70, at the point you have the 120, don't worry about it. 
you know, and um, if you have an opportunity to sell a car and invest back in yourself, you truly believe in yourself and you're doing it for all the right reasons, yeah. make that investment in yourself. Do it every time. Don't second guess it. Don't worry about the car. There will always be another car. Always invest in yourself first. And nice. um, yeah, that's kind of kind of where I am. What it's I great about. advice. I love it. Uh, hey, I sold a very special car to me to invest in my son and put him through college and uh, would never look back. Um, but at the time, all my friends were like, how could you let that car go? But I went, well, you know what? There'll be another one or this car will be available again sometime. So well, you know, I, I heard a great, I agree kids. with you. I heard a great <laughs> quote by a guy. I was standing at a Mecham auction and there was a mm-hmm. 65 Shelby GT 350 going across the block. You know, 65 is a real valuable car, 350,000. Oh, yeah. I had a 66, by the way, for a while. They're amazing. Another one of my favorite cars, but Car's going across the block and this guy's talking to his buddy. I kind of overheard him and he said something to the effect of, you know, I can't believe that car was only six grand back when I was in high school or something like that. And the car ran across the block and it sold. And I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was in the mid 300s. It was a lot of money. The guy looked at his buddy and said, I can't believe you bought that. You just told me that car was like six grand when you were in high school. And he looked back at me and said, look, when I was in high school, I didn't have six grand. But today I have 350,000 and I <laughs> yeah. still want that car. Yeah, and, and, exactly. that, and that's kind of the thing, you know, you, you, yeah. you, sometimes the timing's not right, but never lose sight of that car you truly love and, and never be afraid to invest in yourself. And there's, there'll always be another car. Exactly. Great advice, my friend. Hey, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about Marshall Gobin Motor Sales, what you guys uh, have there so that my listeners can look you up. Of course, I'll put a link to your website on your show notes page. But tell me what has you excited and fired up these days about Marshall Goldman Motor Sales? Yeah, Marshall Goldman Motor Sales, to me, is one of those amazing, you know, American success stories and classic businesses. You mentioned that you were uh, president of Grio's Garage. Uh, Grio's Garage. Yeah. And I, I think very fondly of that business, very classy operation in the uh, detail supplies and garage products business. I, I bought stuff from there, got the catalog all the time, you know, for many, many years and think very highly of that business. I kind of look at Marshall Goldman's the same way. I've been friends with the Goldman family for 10 years. A couple facts about Marshall Goldman. We are by far the largest exotic and luxury dealership, independent exotic luxury dealership in North America. What does that mean? That means for non-franchise dealerships, we have more inventory than any dealership out there. Now, there are dealerships that may have a few more cars showing on their website, but here's the big difference. We don't consign any cars. We own every single car and the titles are in the building. Uh, Most exotic and luxury dealerships, mine included when I was in the business uh, for myself, consign a lot of those cars. And there's nothing wrong with that, but here at Marshall Goldman, we own everything and it makes it a lot easier to do a deal. So we have at any given time, 250, 270 cars in the ground. Um, we specialize in a late model and what I call mid-year cars, mid-year car being a, like an 80s, 90s Porsche, Ferrari, whatnot. And then we have a lot of modern stuff too. So I joined the team in early, early February. We'd worked a deal for about a, you know six months to a year to merge the sales operation of my prior business, Exotic Motors Midwest, into Marshall Goldman. And that's just what we did. So in St. Louis, Missouri, back where my my other business is, there's no more sales. It's only service. We rebranded it as Exotic Motors Auto Group, and I still own it. 
and we and I office in Cleveland four or five days a week, uh, and we, you know, we run Marshall Goldman. We have plans to grow the business even more, and um, I think the biggest thing that uh, we want to accomplish, my goal, is to get more word out, to get more exposure. A lot of people know Marshall Goldman from the DuPont Registry ads, and uh, you know, always have the big red two-page spread with with all kinds of different cars. Um, that was always something that when I wasn't, you know, before I became a partner here, I really uh, thought very that was really cool. And a lot of people just have no idea how big this facility is. So when you look at the pictures, I always used to think they photoshopped the length of the building. It was so long. It's like, there's no <laughs> yeah. way they can have all those cars. Well, we really do. And the building is really that long. And uh, it's cool. So we invite anybody that's in the cars to come on by. We have three big buildings filled with cars, just about anything you can ever think of here in Cleveland. And we're, and we're looking for exposure. You know, you asked what, what our goals are. Yeah, the goals are to get the word out more and get more more internet exposure and we do a really nice email we uh weekly with inventory highlights we do a really nice newsletter we have some great guys on staff young passionate car guys that are out there going to concours and auctions and shows with professional writing abilities coming back writing articles which i believe are pretty interesting and relevant to the business and the industry the car collecting industry and coming back and writing about that stuff and sending it out on our newsletter. So yeah, yeah, that's, Very that's cool. really cool. Very cool. I'll make sure I put a link to marshallgoldman.com on Danny's show notes page here in the Car Show website. So you can go and have some fun like I have on their website and dream about which of those cars or many, a bunch of them would like to be parked in your garage. Check them out. I think you'll have a grand time. Well, Danny, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy on, easy off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, Thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me 
on the Cars Yeah! TV show. It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah! podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah! TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah! TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Okay, Danny, we are back, and I have a bit of an introspective question for you. If you were a vehicle, if you were manifested as a car, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, what kind of car would Danny be and why? That is such a hard and, and <laughs> probably fun question. And I, I read it in the show notes. You know, I didn't have any answer that immediately came to my mind. But if I was a car, I would not be a sports car. And okay. the reason why That's interesting. is yeah. I wouldn't want to put all my eggs in one basket. I, I like to be uh, fairly diverse and, and believe that I have a lot of depth to my character and can accomplish many, many unique things. Whereas a sports car is great in a straight line, great in a curvy track, probably looks really sexy and and, uh, exotic, but can't haul around a family of four kids and a dog and strollers and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) There you Uh, go. And and may not be the most comfortable thing to drive through the mountains in the snow. So I don't know. If, If I was a car, I would be an SUV. I would be a pretty classy SUV. That would be very capable. I happen to love G wagons. I don't mm-hmm. know if that would be it, but um, I definitely I'd be some type of an SUV. Sounds good. Well, I know you got kids and a family, so uh, that's right. Nicely done, Danny. Nicely done. Well, we are entering the last lap, and you've been there many times. I'm going to fire off a series of questions when that white flag comes out and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Uh, the same thing I told you earlier. Do what you love. Learn how to make money at it. If you love cars and you you are very passionate about cars and you feel that that's an industry you want to go after, go after it. I don't care what your skill set or mindset or background is. There are many, many divisions of the car business from sales and service and finance and marketing and transport and racing and motorsports. There are many, many, many different divisions to get into. We need more females in the car business. Females actually Mm -hmm. have a massive edge in the car business. And so, yeah, best advice, if you want to be in the car business, get into it, find a mentor, read, surround yourself with it, show up to events and and make it happen. Absolutely. And I'll remind our listeners, there's 1,300 plus people who've been on this show before, Danny, who are in the car business, go back and listen to some of those shows and glean some information. And I bet you pretty much all those folks, if you reached out to them, would be happy to help give you some guidance there. Uh, how about a personal habit that you have that you believe has contributed to your successes over the years? Sure. I'll give you a real quick one. iPhone. You know, people used to say, write everything down. Why? Well, I'm sitting right here in our conference room all by myself. I've got a yellow notepad, yellow legal notepad. But and I, and I write everything down on that. But in my iPhone, I have a, uh, under the notes, I have a, a note that says things. If you know me really well, I'm constantly like typing notes on my phone, basically just quick little reminders of things to do. And I try and review that a few times during the day and check them off my list. Really simple, really easy. 
You can write it on a notepad. You can write it in your phone. You can do a combination like I do. Get in the habit of writing things down. It's, it's, uh, it's a very professional thing to do, especially when you're, when you're visiting with somebody that you're looking to get something from or sell something to. Be prepared with a pen and a paper. It's a respect thing that the person you're visiting with is so important that you're going to write down what they have to say because it means that much to you. And then also in your notes, follow up. If you, if you tell somebody, I'm going to call you tomorrow afternoon, actually do it. Not because you have to, but because you said you would. And that, you know, your, your word means a lot. That's my yeah. point. Yeah, those notes are great. I use the same thing. The other thing I use, because I do sit in front of my desktop computer all day, is uh, there's a little on my uh, Apple, is a little thing called stickies, which is the same thing. Uh, same you can thing. I've used that too, before too, yeah. It's awesome. I, I look, that's the first thing I look at every morning. I have my daily goals I put in there, my weekly goals, uh, follow-ups, things that's like right. that. That way yeah. you don't have to remember anything. I think it was Einstein that said, I write everything down so I don't have to remember it. Uh, and that guy was pretty smart from last I checked. So. <laughs> exactly. How about a resource? Is there a resource you'd like to share with our listeners that you find uh, really exceptional? So many. Um, <laughs> I know. That's why I always just ask for one because there's a lot out there. But here's the way I usually phrase it is a go-to that you tend to look at all the time. Now, you just mentioned one with your uh, I can, notes. I can ta- yeah, I can tag a bunch of business. So I'll give you a couple real quick. New cars and industry news, Car Buzz. I really like that app. I know those guys. We've done some cool stuff together. Uh, I happen to think very fondly of CarBuzz. It's a nice platform they serve up the information on an iPhone app. I look at it multiple times a day, and I'm typically in a conversation of people and and to know about something that's coming out first. I'm constantly tracking what's going on with Ferrari and Porsche and Mercedes. And I didn't mention, but I'm in the Mercedes Project One group. I'm getting that car, and I'm constantly monitoring the development, all that with the chassis. For collector cars, bring a trailer. I think Howard Swig and those guys do an amazing job. Happy to plug their business. I think that platform is awesome. They've gotten a lot of legs. And uh, what I call the mid-year cars, 80s, 90s, they're killing it. They do such a nice job, you know. So I, I like I like them. That's another resource. Uh, I can go on and on. Hammer Price is a great little app for auctions. And you know, oh, you're mentioning uh, many people that have been uh, guests here on the show. Randy Nonnenberg, Bring a Trailer. The other half of Bring a Trailer uh, was a guest on the show very early. In fact, on my show is when he launched their new auctions, which has been a huge success. Uh, so uh, that was pretty cool. Car Buzz, Bring a Trailer, Hammer Price, just a few of great resources for our car people. Now, if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? That's a great question. Oh, man. You know, I don't know that they would be one of, uh, nothing against Carol Shelby, Henry Ford, all those guys. They're pretty good at like one one big thing. There's a lot of other people in the industry. I'd be more interested to speak to uh, somebody like a Roger Penske who's yeah. been involved in the racing side and the dealership side and the finance side and the investment side. Uh, there's, there's quite a few others there. I tell you some of the smartest minds in the car business right now, I think for the collector car side are with the auctions, RM auctions, Rob Myers, uh, fascinating guy, Alexander Weaver, uh, consider him a very good friend. He's absolutely brilliant. One of the best young minds in, uh, in collector cars, David Swig, again, Howard's brother with RM is amazing. Um, yep. There's a bunch of other guys over there, Shelby and uh, Matt and um, 
I'm losing track of some of the other names, but there, uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, great Barney, folks in I mean, that, yeah, yeah, that industry. That many of those you named have, have been guests so here. So much, they just have access to so much data and yeah. so many relationships and collections that I don't see on a day-to-day basis, and the public doesn't see either. And, you know, they have amazing. Those guys are a lot of fun to talk to. Yeah, absolutely. Many of them have been guests here on Cars, yeah. So go back, listeners, and you can listen to some wonderful talks I've had with some of those geniuses in the car business. Now, how about a book, Danny? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy reading? So there's so many. Um, it's the simple books. It's the real simple books that have such an impact for me, like some of the Dale Carnegie stuff and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And there's a lot of classics that you know people recommend. but especially if you don't read a lot. And, and I go through years where I commit to reading like a book a month or two or three books a month. And, you know, when I first started getting into reading, it was like, you know, book a year, but. Have you read Carl Sewell's customers for life? I have. I've yeah. read an enormous amount of books on sales and psychology and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's the real simple things that I think make the biggest and most profound impact. And it's also a good. It's also important to read them at the right time. You know, I'm big on self knowledge, self help, and arming yourself with with knowledge. But you got to commit to it. You got to make a decision. If in college, high school, you know, I was forced to read all these books, and I really remember much about them because I was yeah. too focused on wanting to read about cars, all the car <laughs> magazines. Yeah, that's what I was passionate about at the time. But you know, let you go down life path and realize that you want to get better. At that time, it makes sense to start reading some some great books about your craft, polishing your craft, whether that's the sales or finance or service or just entrepreneurship in general. There you go. I remind our listeners, there's a great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where all my guest recommended books are listed there. I've made it really easy for one click to go by. There is way over a thousand, probably 1500 books that are listed now. Uh, from my past guests who've re- made recommendations just like Danny with uh, Dale Carnegie's book, of course, How to Make Friends and Influence People, and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a book I read a long time ago and gave copies to my kids when they went off to college. So uh, check it out. And you can find all the other resources Danny shared on his very own Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Danny Baker, and that will pop right up. All right, Danny, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be of a bit of a doozy, especially for a guy like you that has and loves a lot of cars. And here it is. I'm going to buy you one very cool collector car today, but there are some rules to this game that make it a bit of a challenge, especially for a guy like you. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with, so that little trick is off the table, which you know oh so well. You have to drive it. No garage queens allowed here, so if you're going to pick a Koenigsegg or a Pagani or some kind of crazy car like that, I want to see it on the road. Do not worry about rock chips. I call them memory marks or uh, anything else. But here's the tip, the tip of the spear that makes this question so hard for a guy like you. It is the only collector car you can park in your garage. That means all the others go away. It's the only one you can have. So what are you going to buy? Or what am I going to buy you, I should say? Carrera GT. <laughs> there you go. Well, nice oh, a choice. Very common answer, but it's that good. And I heard of saying like, why did... You know, everybody wears, uh, everybody has a white t shirt, but it's still a good look. Everybody has a black t shirt, but it's still a good look. There's a lot of Carrera GTs out there, you know, 1200 or so cars. It's, uh, it's by far the greatest portion of history in my book. 
an enormous amount of fun to drive. And I truly think I'd drive that car for the rest of my life and not get tired of it. They're just fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. What color would you like yours to be just so I get you the right one? Anything but GT Silver. I, I like him in yellow, <laughs> black, red. Yeah. There you go. There was one at the uh, Esoteric Car Show I was at last weekend in Ohio. They had their open house and they invited me to be their MC there. And I got to interview a lot of people. And there was a gentleman there that had one. He also had a, uh, a silver 918. Uh, silver 9. I think you because know the guy. He also had the Carrera GT and we sold oh, him the 918. Okay. Well, there you go. He also had a, um, a Senna, McLaren Senna, a P1, uh, and a bunch of other cars. <laughs> Who is that guy? Well, we won't mention his name here, but yeah, I was blown away. He brought like five or six cars to that event. Absolutely incredible. Let me sit, All I'll sit say in the one. First class family. Very, very, very nice people. We're very happy to have their business and think very highly of them and their collection. They're building an amazing collection. I would bet. No, no kidding. Well, Danny, you've taken us on a great ride today. Thank you for sharing your stories and for joining me here on Cars. Yeah. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you blast off into the sunset in that Porsche Carrera GT? Uh, you know, this, I guess this, this whole theme of the call today, do what you love, learn how to make money at it. It's it's that simple. Yep, it's that simple. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Marshall Goldman Motor Sales? For me, it's at Danny K. Baker on Instagram. Um, that's my Instagram. I try and post about cars uh, and, and stuff like that. Probably not near as much as I should, but just simply busy. For Marshall Goldman, it's at Marshall Goldman. Uh, on Instagram, but uh, those are the greatest places to follow along. Uh, we, especially on the Marshall Goldman channel, we're posting some really cool, interesting stuff multiple times a day. We appreciate you following along. Like us, comment, share. You know, it all helps. It's all good. We appreciate you the feedback. Also, I'll put a link to uh, his Danny's efforts on the Ferrari Challenge on his show notes page. You can learn more about him and follow him along as he races that Ferrari and the Challenge. Series absolutely brilliant. I know we didn't get to talk to that, talk about that very much, but you can follow him there as well. Again, you can find everything on Danny Shono's page on the Carshow website. Hey, Danny, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, your passion, and for sharing your experiences with Carshow listeners. Until you and I talk again, or I see you at the track, I'll see you down the road. Thanks for the opportunity. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun 
including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!